Despite the forecast for a high in the 80s today, the chill in recent mornings has confirmed it. Summer is leaving us once again as it makes its way down to the southern hemisphere, and winter is once again ready to make an appearance. Matter of fact, they had several feet of snow, they say, in the Rockies uh, during this past weekend. As a result, certain shifts naturally occur. Short-sleeve summer shirts are set aside for garments of heavier consistency. The sandals of most people, anyway, are set to the side in favor of more protective footwear. And um, sunblock is put back in the cupboard. Or is it? Not if you enjoy outdoor winter activities and follow the advice of at least one website which deals with the topic of skin cancer. It states, winter sports enthusiasts are at increased risk for overexposure to the sun's ultraviolet radiation, adding that the winter sun, quote, can be every bit as damaging on the slopes as on the beach. It also suggests the first precaution recommended is a generous amount of what it calls a broad-spectrum sunblock that is 30 SPF or higher, and that it should be applied to all exposed skin. And apparently the danger from exposure to the sun's rays has been increasing because of tears in the ozone layer, tears which allow the UV rays to reach us and affect our skin directly. There are therefore two significant sides to the sun, so to speak. On the one hand, we need it. We need the sun to live. On the other hand, it can kill us. Sound like anything else you know? God, perhaps? We need God to live. Scripture states, in him we live. But there's also the destructive side of God, from which we need protection, for which we need some type of spiritual sunscreen. Fortunately, there is something that can protect the soul against the destructive rays of God's judgment, just as there is sunscreen to protect our skin from the rays of the sun. But before reading the text that reveals that saving item, allow me to develop the analogy a little further. It's not really that much of a stretch to draw some parallelisms between the sun in the sky and the Lord of heaven. The book of Hebrews states that our God is a consuming fire. And the prophet Malachi declared that he is like a refiner's fire. God is holy, which means that he cannot allow anything unholy in his presence. It means that anything which is unholy or impure is consumed in his presence, just as any impurity is consumed by the fiery cauldrons in a metal refinery. Only that which is holy, pure, and righteous can survive in the presence of the holy, holy, holy God. This didn't present any problem whatsoever when the world was first created because God created all things, including human beings, to be holy, perfect, and righteous. He designed the human race to be able to stand in his presence and to interact comfortably and peaceably. Just as God protected man at creation from the rays of the sun, 
by protecting things such as ozone. So also he protected the soul of the human race, so to speak, by creating man in righteousness. Everything was in order. Everything was at peace. Everything free of danger. It was paradise. But then came the pollution. I understand that modern day pollution is what's being blamed largely for the reduction in the ozone layer as industries and modes of transportation spew toxins into the air. It has a depleting effect on that ozone layer. Well, to a much greater extent and which far, with far greater consequences, when pollution entered the Garden of Eden, it utterly destroyed the protective state of righteousness. When Satan spewed his villainous lies at Eve, he did so for the purpose of destroying the perfection with which God had created the human race, and he was successful. When Adam and Eve sinned, they brought spiritual pollution into the world, a pollution which tore to pieces the righteousness with which God had crowned his beloved creation. And the result? Big, big trouble. If I understand the science that's in play, we would be completely destroyed if there were no protective ozone layer. We would receive the full force of the sun's UV rays and would be eliminated. Well, when sin entered the world, man's protective righteousness was completely removed. And the human race was exposed to the full force of God's judgment that judgment will, which will be fully revealed when the Son of God shows himself on the last day. Revelation speaks of how from his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations, and he will rule them with a rod of iron. He will tread the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God the Almighty. Now nobody understands the destructiveness of God's wrath more clearly than does he. And fortunately, no one was more determined to spare us from that wrath than was he. And so he provided something to save us. Not sunscreen for the skin, but more importantly, a type of sunscreen for the soul, which, when applied, has the ability to protect us from his judgment. In Titus 3, we read, When the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us. Not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. The Lord himself has instructed us to apply to the skin water, but of course, not water all by itself. He's directed us to apply to the skin water connected with the name of the triune God, having placed in water with the word the power to save. Paul calls the sacrament of baptism the washing of regeneration. It produces new life, a fresh spiritual start, a clean slate before the Almighty God. He also spoke of it as being a renewing of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit works through the gospel of baptism to create saving faith within us. Through the gospel of baptism, he communicates the vital fact that Jesus whisked away our sin and guilt when he experienced the full force of God's wrath as he hung on the cross. And since baptism is used by the Holy Spirit to create faith, Peter could say very simply, 
Baptism now saves us. It protects us from the condemning rays of God's righteous judgment by bringing us into fellowship with his Son. In his letter to the Colossians, Paul says, As many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. When God looks on baptized believers, he sees his son and his son's perfection, the righteousness which protects us from all punishment. It should be stated, by the way, that baptism is not an application which saves no matter what. The person who rejects the saving work of Christ negates and invalidates for himself or herself all the benefits of baptism. But all who have faith are invited to see in their baptisms full assurance of forgiveness, full assurance of salvation, full assurance of protection from all divine destruction. Thank God, therefore, for his S-O-N, in whom there is forgiveness, in whom there is life, in whom there is salvation, and in whom we will never get burned. We sing of some of the marvels and blessings of baptism this morning in the form of hymn 751 in the supplement. 751, the first two stanzas. Spring. 